0: You can be seated. Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend to all of you and uh, hopefully uh, you had a great weekend, nice weekend. Uh, many are away on uh, last minute uh, vacation trips before school starts but uh, it's good to see um, all of you here with us today and, and hopefully you enjoy a day off tomorrow if that's what you, if that's what you get. Hopefully you enjoy that. Um, but I wanted to uh, mention just a couple things to you. First, if you are a guest with us today for the first time, uh, I just want to welcome you. Say thank you for coming. And, uh, do, and if you wouldn't mind to do us a favor, if you wouldn't mind just filling out a card for us. There's a white card uh, in the seat in front of you. just says connection card on it. Uh, please fill that out for us. And you can either A, drop it in the offering plate when that goes by. Uh, but we don't. that's the only thing we want you to drop in the offering plate. Um, Is just that card for us, Um, or you can take it to um, our welcome desk, and there somebody will be there just to give you um, a packet of uh, a bag with some information about the church as well as a gift card from us by just a way of us saying thank you uh, for being here. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, if you haven't done that already, um, a couple things. We're got getting ready to start um, our programs. We got um, Awana starting. Officially, we start... Uh, September 20th is, is our wana program. This is our uh, discipleship program for, for kids um, ages 2 uh, to 11. Uh, so if, if you have 2-year-olds all the way up to you know, 11-year-olds, 5th um, graders, um, that's where our range is for our WANA program. So we'd love for you to get them registered for that. You can um, register for them uh, next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to talk a little bit more about that next Sunday, but you can register them. Um, you can re- really, I think you can register them any time you would like um, to do that. And then or on the 20th, if you want to just show up on the 20th, we will register them as well at that time. Uh, no, no problems whatsoever. So that's our um, children's program during the week. It's on Wednesday nights. Um, During the summer and then lots of other uh, kids programs that we'll have offer um, fun things for the kids as well. Um, We also have um, for teenagers, we have our Sunday night program. And so if you have a teenager, middle school, high schooler, um, we have our uh, Sunday night program for them. Um, at 6 to 7.30 is, is what it is, 6 to 7.30 uh, program for them. They, uh, they get around, talk about the word, they have fun, they eat. Um, it's a good time for our teenagers. So uh, that, that begins next Sunday night, September 10th, that's when that starts. Um, we're kicking into gear a lot of our different programs, uh, ladies' teas and breakfast, men's breakfast, um, all of those are going to be uh, in the uh, and the calendar in the bulletin, so be looking looking for those. We we always we are also ramping up our connect groups. Uh, these are ways for um, if you were here last week to to be known by someone. Uh, that's the best thing that you can do. That's the best way to be a part of a church, to be connected to the church, and to be the church. It's it's what it's necessary. So, um, being known by someone and getting involved in a connect group. Um, we had a great uh, night. Uh, Friday night it was, Um, we had our young adult uh, thing where um, we get together, a bunch of young adults get together, we had a great night, Um, just ways for people to get to know each other, grow together in God's word, um, laugh together, eat together, that's what we had, so that was Friday night, we had a great night, we also had a teen campfire that night as well, so it was good, a good weekend. Uh, lots of fun, uh, lots of good things going on, and then we're going to just continue uh, these things uh, throughout throughout the year. And so uh, we, we want you to really jump in and plug in uh, to those as well. So if you have questions about any of those things, teen stuff, children's stuff, connect groups, um, man, you can talk to somebody at the Welcome Center. There's information there uh, available to you. Also, um, hopefully in your bulletin you received Um, a card. Uh, That card is a list of what we call ministry teams, Um, and ministry teams are basically opportunities for you um, to be able to serve in some sort of capacity around here. We have lots of different things that we um, offer as far as ministry is concerned, and I'm telling you, it is the most fulfilling rewarding thing that you can do it really is and um it's it's a it's what we're called to do as as followers of jesus if you're a christian it's what we're asked to do and so figuring out an area praying over an area to do that i would recommend that you just check a couple boxes and and turn that in uh today i would just i wouldn't think about it too much and i would just say you know what god wants me to serve and this is what i think that i could maybe help with and if it, if it doesn't, it's not something that you want to do or works out for you, that's okay. We'll find something else. That's no, no big deal. So you're not stuck to a certain uh, area of ministry where you serve. You're not, never gonna be stuck there. We don't, we don't want anybody to feel that they're stuck. We want everybody to feel like they, they are a part of um, something bigger than themselves, a part of the, the body of Christ as a whole and, uh, and being used by God in a powerful way. And so, so in your bulletin, take out that card check a couple boxes on that on that card. Just write your basic information down for us so that we can plug you in. Uh, to these different opportunities and it really is it it is a neat thing to be a part of a team it really is it's it's like I said what we're designed to do we're designed to be as a church to be a part of a a team and there's all different kinds of looks and styles and and teams that we have but um, but you jumping into one it makes a big difference it will make a big difference um, for your spiritual life it really will so fill that out for us um, before you leave you're welcome to take it home and to bring it back filled out. But um, man, I'd love for you to take a little bit of time uh, before you leave here today. And, and look that over and figure out where you can help. And where you can serve. And that's the best thing. So uh, do that. Uh, other than that, I'm going to ask the, uh, the, the guys to come forward. As they come, we're going to take the offering. Again, if you're a guest or just sort of new around here, don't, we don't want you to feel any obligation whatsoever uh, to give. We're just glad that you're here with us. Uh, we want you to just uh, enjoy this time and be encouraged in this time. That's our, that's our goal. So let's pray and ask God to bless it. Lord, thank you again for this privilege that we have. Lord, just to, um, just to come on this, this day and to gather and to sit and just allow you to speak to our hearts. Lord, I just ask, that you, Lord, that you just do a work. Lord, that you just uh, challenge us and motivate us in a way that will change us forever. Lord, uh, we just uh, pray, Lord, that our hearts, our minds are open to what you have to say and what you want to do, that we're focusing on the things that we need to focus on, that we're looking to the things that are not that are temporary, but the things that are eternal, because that's what we're made for. We're made for something bigger than us, beyond us. We're made for something that goes past this short time that we have here on this planet. And so, God, we just uh, pray, Lord, that uh, for the offering. We pray, Lord, that you use it. Uh, for your honor and for your glory in the building of your kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible, if you brought a Bible, we're in uh, Ephesians chapter number three uh, today. We're starting a new series uh, called Rooted, and um, uh, the idea is just that we need to be, as followers of Jesus, we need to be rooted in the, in the foundations in the life of Jesus as a follower of Christ, that, that we have, when you're rooted, you're nourishment. Uh, for your soul, there's nourishment for the for the things of God, and there's stability in your faith. That no matter what comes at us, no matter how we feel, no matter what we're tempted by, uh, that that we have stability in our in our faith, that we stand firm, and that's what rooted is is all about. Um, all of us know about uh, Hurricane Harvey uh, that devastated homes and churches and schools, and uh, the, it hit. Uh, Rockport, Texas, um, first. It was one of the first areas or main areas where it got hit the most. and um, it was, The winds were about 108 miles per hour that time. 40 inches of rain just destroyed so many different things. Um, in a state park, it's called Goose Island State Park. In that state park is a, what they called the Big Oak. There's this massive tree inside of that state park. And many thought that there's no way that this big oak would survive that kind of impact, that, that amount of rain, uh, that amount of wind. There's no way. They, they estimate that this tree is um, over a thousand years old. That's what they estimate that this tree is. And here's a picture of it. I just want to show you a picture of it. And um, that's what they call the big oak. And um, after Hurricane Harvey went through and all of its strong, massive winds and all of the rain that it, that it endured in this old big oak tree of thousand years old. That oak tree, all the other trees around it were down on the ground except for that one oak tree. That oak tree stood up and it remained there through the hurricane, through the winds, through the storm. That oak tree remained. And the reason why they said that because the roots were deep into the soil. And when the roots are deep into the soil, it gets nourishment. It's able to last that long, I, I, it's hard to believe that this tree is over a 1,000 years old. But when, it, when its roots are deep into the soil, it gets the nourishment that it needs to live that long. And But then when the winds come and the rains come, it withstands it because its roots are deep into the soil. And it has the, the stability to withstand, and the, the ability to, to, to fight against those, those and, 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 and remain standing. This is the idea. This is what we're going for. That I hope that over the next few weeks that we have nourishment for our soul and stability in our faith, just like that big oak had during uh, that hurricane. Um, going deeper into God or being rooted into God is not a spiritual giant kind of a thing. It's not that. It's a n- normal human being kind of a thing. What I love about the Bible is I love the honesty of the characters of the people that we read about, these real people that we see in the scriptures, these people like Abraham. Did you know Abraham on two occasions was willing to give his wife to other men on two different occasions. He was such a wimp and he was so afraid of what would happen to him personally that he was willing to give his his wife over to over to other men on two different occasions. His wife Sarah did give his husband to another woman and he she hated her for that. And so she did that. And these are Abraham you've all heard of Abraham and Sarah, right? You everybody knows who they are. Because they're they're known as great people, men and women of faith, but they had real issues, don't you think? I mean, Moses had some anger issues. Moses had so much anger issues and rage issues that he killed somebody as a result of it. That's how much anger issues that he had. David, David in his adultery, hid that adultery or tried to hide that adultery by killing the husband of the woman that he committed adultery with. I mean, this is David, and this is David who, according to the scripture, is a man after God's own heart or or known as the man being after God's own heart. I mean, you're talking about giants, right? Spiritual giants, or at least in our mind, this is our view of them. Abraham, Sarah, Moses, and David, though, man, none of us in this room, at least I don't think, have ever done anything to the degree that these people who we look up to, who we read about in Scripture, and we go, wow, I'll never be like Abraham. I hope you're not. I'll never be like Sarah. I hope you're not, ladies. I'll never be like Moses, or I'll never be like David. I hope they, that you never attained the level of, of sin capacity that they reached, though God used them in, a, in an amazing way. Why? Because being deep-rooted into the soil of, of God and, and, and who Christ is in his love is, is not a spiritual giant thing. They didn't start out that way anyways. It was a, it was a process that God took them through. I mean, Elijah, I mean, Elijah had this amazing experience with God. Elijah stood before you know, hundreds, if not thousands of other prophets who worshiped another idol named Baal. And Elijah challenged these, these these prophets against you know their God against the one true God Yahweh. And he stood before them with so much courage and bravery and enthusiasm. And and he even was, you should read the story, he was even trash-talking to these prophets, you know. And it was just him alone versus all of these other prophets. And he he experienced something that many of us will never experience in our life and what God did and how God proved himself to be the one, only, true God. And then after that, the next chapter, the very next chapter, Elijah receives a letter from queen jezebel saying that she's gonna because of what he did because he stood before the prophets of baal that she's gonna have him killed and as a result of that you know what happened to elijah he was on the spiritual high and saw god in a mighty amazing way but then he got this letter from queen jezebel and it says that he ran and hid and became so depressed that he wanted to kill himself I mean this is somebody who saw God, just just saw God do something amazing, but then receives something that sets off a trigger in his mind, and he allows him to be depressed to the point of, "I just want to take my own life." I mean, this is the kind of people that we see in the Bible. I mean we can talk about New Testament characters like Peter. I mean, there was not too many people that we read in the Bible who were as emotionally unstable as Peter was. I mean, Peter, for crying out loud, knew that Jesus was the Christ, knew that Jesus was the Son of God, and yet still pulled Jesus off to the side and rebuked him. Hey, man, you're not dying on us. I know you said you're dying, but you're not going to die on us. I know you also said that you're going to raise in the third day, but I just ignored that because all I hear is, you're leaving. And Peter rebuked Jesus. Peter was so emotionally unstable that when Jesus was arrested, he pulled the sword from the soldier and he was trying to, we know that he cut the ear off. You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to cut his head off. He missed. That's what he was trying to do. I mean, these are, these are Peter who Jesus said, you're like the cornerstone of the church, he says, I'm, upon your rock, he says, I'm going to build my church. You know, he's, just, he's describing Peter in this way. Yet, Yet the honesty of these characters and the honesty of these real people are that they're real people with real issues and with real sins. And they didn't become, they weren't automatically spiritual giants. That's not where they started. They were regular, normal human beings like us who had real issues who had real temptations who had real struggles who had real battles can anybody relate i can i can yet god used them in an incredible way yet god did something in their life that was that changed them they were they were different They became different. They became like a new man according to the New Testament that we become a new creature. That's what they became. And that's what you and I need to become. And in spite of their past and in spite of their failures and in spite of their shortcomings, God used them in a mighty way. But it wasn't that they remained there. It didn't because they stayed there in their issues, it's because they grew out of their issues and they learned to trust God. And What happened was is they became rooted in their faith. They became rooted in their love of Jesus. They became rooted to the point where they were being nourished by God and only God to the point of they were stabi- they had stability in their faith and they needed nothing else for it. That's what happened. But they're real people. Ephesians 3.20 says this about us. Now to him, now to him, Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. I mean, this is the kind of Jesus that we serve, that he is able to do far more abundantly abundantly beyond. I cannot describe anything else bit better than that. Far more abundantly beyond. All that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. That, that what God wants to do in us is the same thing that God did in David, the same thing that God did in Sarah, the same thing that God did in Abraham, the same thing that God did in Elijah. They go on and on and on and on. What God did in them, God wants to do in us. And he wants to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, what we can only think of or ask, he says, I want to do above and beyond that. I want to go above and beyond all that we, you ask or think. That's what I want to do according to the power that works within us. Now, when we think about power, when we think about that, we naturally, uh, our natural bend is towards willpower. Okay? That's sort of where we naturally go to. A lot of us when it comes to our issues, our temptations, our our you know, our shortcomings and and the things that we know that, you know, are only hurting us and not helping us, when it comes to these things, what we naturally bend towards, where we naturally go toward move towards is our willpower. But that's not what this is talking about. But when I talk about willpower, we talk about, you know, things like determination. We talk about things like grit. We talk about things like, you know, maximum effort. That's like the new buzz phrase. You know, they want to give maximum effort. You know, they talk about resolve. These are the things that are talked about in culture and in, in, in our society today. It talks about this idea that, you know, you can do it. You can achieve it. You know, it's this very, very, you know, humanistic mindset that our culture, that we're inundated with in our culture every single day. It's just the idea that you can do anything, and you can achieve anything, and you can stop anything. Well, this is the kind of battle, this is the kind of thing that we think that this is talking about. But that's not what Paul's talking about at all. He's talking about something different. But when it comes to your willpower, when it comes to having resolve, how is that going for you? Not very well, is it? I mean, when it comes to you know thinking that I'm going to have this determination to stop this particular thing, or I'm going to have this maximum effort to, to you know to no longer have this thing in my life that is that is holding me back. What is that? How is that going for you long term? Naturally, it doesn't normally go very well. I know I don't know about you, but I know for me, willpower is is a challenge for me. You know, especially when there's things that we face on a day to day basis. You know, we we try to you know, to not do those things. We try to, you know, sort of abstain from those things. But the reality is, is that we oftentimes lose. Just as a simple example of that, there was this, um, uh, it was a little pizza shop uh, in Waterford, and it was called Anthony's. Anthony's had like the best, breadsticks and cheese dip you've ever had. I mean, it's amazing. I don't know if anybody is familiar with Anthony's, but oftentimes Katie would say, hey, would you, you know, bring, before you come home, would you pick up some Anthony's? I'm going to order a couple dozen breadsticks. Would you pick them up and bring them home? And I'll say, sure, no problem. And I'll pick them up and I'll put them on my seat next to me. And man, I can just smell that garlic, Oh, I can just smell that garlic, and then they pack it good, and they put it into this bag, you know, and and I'm driving home, but but man, I can't help myself, right? I can't help myself, and I'll I'll walk home, and you know, the bag sort of like, you can tell it wasn't folded the way that they folded it, you know, and it was wrapped, and it's a little loose, and Katie would open it up and say, I thought I ordered two dozen. There's only like a dozen and three sticks in here, Right? And I'm like, I know I could not myself. You know, it's like we we battle with this thing called willpower, and it's all it had, takes all forms of shapes and sizes, right? It looks like things like, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, when it comes to a diet, you know, you, you have the determination or the willpower to want to, you know, lose some weight or be in better shape when it comes to diets and exercise or meditations or whatever it is that you do, you know, you, you want to have that determination to get up early in the morning, you know, to go for that run or for or for or go for that bike ride, right? You, you want to tell yourself to do that. And maybe for a while you do that, but over time, right, it's hard to have. it's hard to sustain that, that willpower. Maybe it comes to sleep or, or different habits that you have, you know, where you're like, I need to quit this. I need to stop this. But willpower always lets us down. All, willpower always gets in the way of us having victory over certain things, whatever habit it may be, whatever hobby you know is getting in the way of something else more important, whatever diet you're wanting to do, whatever exercise you're trying you're, you're wanting to achieve or accomplish, whatever goals you have set for yourself, willpower long term always lets us down. There was a guy um, by the name of Roy Bomeister. Roy Baumeister wrote a book called Willpower, Rediscovering the Greatest Human Strength. And he did a couple experiments when it comes to the idea of this thing called willpower or determination or grit or however you want to describe it. He did a couple experiments in that. He had two groups of people. And one group of people, they had they were put in a room. And they had to resist the temptation of eating fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies. They had to resist, one group was put in a room, they had to resist the temptation of eating fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. Another group was put in a room and they had to resist the temptation of eating radishes. And so they, each group were given math problems that they had to solve. So they had these plate of fresh you know, chocolate chip cookies in, in one room, a plate of radishes in the other room, and each group were given math problems, imp- by the way, I- impossible math problems to solve. And they wanted to know how long people could resist the temptation and, while working on these, on these math problems. And so the people that have, were trying to resist the temptation of eating the chocolate chip cookies, they only lasted about five to eight minutes in there before they, could, they couldn't withstand the temptation anymore. They only lasted about five to eight minutes. The other people that had the radishes in the room, they spent up to 30 minutes trying to figure out the math problems. Why? Because there was nothing really in there to tempt them with. But the people that had their chocolate chip cookies, their, their brain capacity couldn't withstand it. They, they couldn't allow themselves not to eat a chocolate chip cookie while working on some math problems. Here's what he determined. He determined that this, that willpower is like a muscle, a muscle that can be built up over time. But in the short term, it is easily fatigued. Like if you try to do, after you do you know, some push-ups, it's hard for you to immediately go and bench press. Because you, your muscles are fatigued. You can't do push-ups and then go right away and do bench presses because you've already fatigued. That's what happens when you exhibit willpower throughout the day. That's why you have a better chance of in the morning and throughout the day but to, to make better decisions. But as you go throughout the day and by the end of the day, you start to make poor decisions. That's why at night it's a dangerous time because if you've made decisions of trying to resist something throughout the day, you're now fatigued at night. And here's what a a theologian said about that. A theologian said that when that happens, we're at our most vulnerable at night. And, And not only do we weaken our ability to make a better decision, but we strengthen, here's what he says, we strengthen the thing that is getting in the way or getting in our temptation, we strengthen that temptation. We only empower it even more. So the thing that is that vice or that habit or that addiction, you only give that more strength because you exerted all of the energy of the willpower that you've tried to exert by stopping that temptation, by stopping it from doing that. That's what he says happens to us. And here's what he says. He gives us some advice if you want to have stronger uh, willpower throughout the day. He says what happens is this. The acts of self-control reduce blood glucose levels. Glucose is fuel for our brain. He says low levels of glucose predict poor performance on a self-controlled task and test. He says, replenishing glucose, even just a glass of lemonade, improves self-control performances. So if you want to have better self-control, drink some lemonade. That's what he says. But Paul says something different. Paul says, this is not power that I'm talking about willpower. Because can we admit? Can we all agree to the fact that willpower doesn't have long-term effects? As a matter of fact, willpower only makes you weaker throughout the day. That's all it does. The ability to have self-control, the ability to make decisions that you know that are not hurtful or harmful to you, like that, is, is weakened throughout the day. So he says, "Listen, I'm not talking about willpower. That's not what I'm talking about." And here's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse 14. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Again, this is the same chapter 3. We looked at verse 20. He wants to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. That's what he wants to do. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of, of, the glo- of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. He says, what I'm talking about, he says, I'm not talking about the external, which is our will or our determination or our grit to stop doing something or eliminate A temptation out of our life. He says, "That's not what I'm talking about." He says, "I'm not talking about something that's external. You know, that a a facade or a front that you put on. You know, or, or or you know, some sort of determination to stop doing something." He says, "That's not what I'm talking about." He says, "What I'm talking about is that I want you. I want you to be strengthened with the power through what His Spirit in the inner man." That's what he says I'm talking about. That's what I want. So he talks about the inner man in another another letter to the church in Corinth. And just to sort of help us understand that, here's what he says in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Here's what he says. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. So what happens is oftentimes we want to give up. We want to quit because our determination and our grit and our willpower eventually lets us down. And we keep failing. We keep falling back into the same sins. We keep losing the battles that are that we're fighting against. He says, "So I don't want you to lose heart of this." He says, "I want you to understand that though our outer man is decaying." So what is our outer man? Our outer man is our we think it's our ability to do things on our own strength. Our outer man is our ability to do things that we think that we can do on our own based on our Strength or our determination or our grit—it's—it's—it's being—it's—it's it's real, uh, um, relying on ourselves. He says that's what the outer man. He says the outer man, and that is decaying. That's why it lets us down. Anybody discover that that our outer man is decaying? That the older we get, you know, the, the more struggles and the battles that we have. The older we get, the harder it is to you know to, to think that I can I can win this battle or I can get, overcome this thing. Like we work so hard. I'm the outer man. We work so hard on making sure that what people can see is more important or what people can see is what is a priority than something that's what's happening inside of us. He says, I don't want you to focus in on the outer man because the outer man is decaying. And we all understand what that means. I understand what that means. I mean, I, I just uh, I oftentimes I'll go hang out with my mom or something, especially when, you know, a few years ago... I would go and hang out with my mom, and people would say, ask me, oh, is this your wife? I said, no, this is my mom. Like, no, this is not my wife. And my mom looks young, and I look, oh, this is my, not my mom, this is my wife. And, and people will see, like, we'll see my brothers meet, you know, Brent, and, and Brent leads worship, and he's my younger brother, and so people will meet. Eric, who's my older brother, and they'll say, oh, is this, I met, you know, and they'll say, oh, I met your younger brother, Eric. I go, that's not my younger brother, that's my older brother. I look older than him, right? It's just how, it's how it works. As a matter of fact, this week, I was at a restaurant, and we were, I was sitting down with a guy who was probably in his early 20s, I think he's about in his early 20s, and the waitress, who I, who is sort of getting to know a little bit, she comes up to me, she says, oh, is this, pastor, is this your older son, and then before I could say no, she goes, okay, and he must look like his mother. I said, lady, not only did you call me old, but you called me ugly. What happens is it's so easy for us to focus in on the outer man. He says, oh, the outer man is decaying. That's just the reality of life. The outer man is decaying. He says, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day and the inner man is what we rely on when it comes to the spirit of God and it's the inner man when we rely on it says God I can't do things on my own I don't have the strength or the ability or the power to stop this thing or to prevent this thing or to quit this thing I don't have that power to do that and God said listen I know you don't have that power to do that because your outer man doesn't have the ability to do that but your inner man does your outer man, you don't have the, the willpower, the grit, the determination to prevent some of these things. The, the power of the will, that's the outer man. The, the power of the spirit, that's the inner man. And that's what we need to focus in on. We need to focus in on the power of the spirit. That's the inner man. And that's what it looks like to be rooted in him. It it looks like the idea that we are rooted in the power of the spirit. And he says this, that when that happens, the inner man, the inner person is being renewed every single day. Day after day. Yeah, the outer man, it's falling apart, it's decaying, it's But the inner man, that's being renewed every single day. So he goes on in Ephesians chapter number three. Look what he says. He, descri- he describes in verse 15. Says this. He says, so, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. He says, and know the love of Christ will surpass its knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. See, he wants us to understand that here's where the focus needs to be. The focus needs to be on the inner man. And how we focus in on the inner man is by being, he says, by being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. That the inner man is what something he describes later on. He says the inner man is something that is eternal. That the outer man is something that's temporary. See, everything devo- involving the outer man and the things that we deal with and things that we work through, the things that we try to stop and the struggles that we have, all of that is, just, is temporary. He says what I want you to focus in on is I want you to be rooted and I want you to be grounded in the inner man. He says, he says this because that's where, just like that big oak, that's where our nourishment comes from and that's where our stability comes from we were in Traverse City a couple years ago and Traverse City had this massive storm that came through and we were staying in one of these condos and as we could watch the storm coming in it was just crazy we all decided that man we, we need to get inside I was a little nervous as I'm walking, looking out the door of this condo that we were staying with in because this wind is just coming in. And then we had this massive tree right in front of our condo. And I remember thinking to myself, man, if this thing falls down, there might be some problems. There might be some trouble. And I'm, I'm just praying that the winds that's coming in, the strong winds that are coming in, that it keeps that tree, that that tree doesn't fall. I'm praying that that tree is rooted and grounded so that that thing doesn't fall over. I'm just praying that that doesn't happen. And it didn't, thank, thank the Lord. And the reason why that it didn't was it was because it was deep-rooted into the ground. And it was There was hundreds of trees. Remember Eric driving around? There was hundreds of trees down in, around town there. And this tree was able to stand. Why? Because it was rooted and it was grounded. So the question that I have for you is being rooted and grounded. The question that I have for you is this. From what do I draw my nourishment and stability? From what do I draw my nourishment and stability? What is it for you that you draw from? What is it from, for you that you say, you know what, I, I'm drawing from this thing, or I'm drawing from that thing, I'm drawing from that person. But here's what, he, here's what the Apostle Paul says. I want you to draw from the love of Jesus, I want you to draw, and I want you to be rooted in His love, that you, with all of the saints, can know the riches and the goodness of the love of Jesus. Because when the winds come and the storms of life come and the difficulties come, you stand. When the hurricane comes just like that big oak in that state park, you stand. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, he says, listen, here's a a fact. The storms are coming. The storms are coming. The issues in life, the the difficulties in life, those things are coming. And if you're not grounded, if you're not rooted, man, it's going to take you out. He says, I need you to be rooted. And I need you to be grounded in the things of God. If there's going to be any kind of power, the spirit of God power, there needs to be some depth about us. If you want to see God do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or all that we think, according to the power that works within us, there must be some depth about us. If you want to watch God work and do some amazing things and be filled with all the fullness of God inside of us, there must be some depth about our faith. Must be. Paul says it this way in in Colossians, as he wrote this letter to the church in Colossians. Here's what he says. Colossians 2 verse 5 He says For even though I am absent in the body Nevertheless I am with you in spirit Rejoicing to see Here's what he says Rejoicing to see your good discipline And the stability of your faith in Christ Now how did they have that? How did they have stability in their faith in Christ? How did they have that? He says verse 6 Therefore as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord So walk in him Verse 7 says this Do we have verse 7? He says, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed in overflowing with gratitude. He says, listen, when I come to you, when I see you, he says, I'm looking forward to seeing your stability of your faith. And why you have stability of your faith is because you are firmly rooted. And now you are being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. To see God do above, far above and beyond what you can even think or ask, I'm telling you, it is about being rooted, firmly rooted and established in your faith. But how they got there, how they got there was this. If you can go back to verse 5 for me, will you? How they got there was this, that they had good discipline. They had good discipline. Good discipline is this. Good discipline is God's method for getting us rooted and grounded. That's what good discipline is. Good discipline is God's way or God's method of getting us rooted and grounded. It's what God wants to do. It's not about willpower. It's not about grit. It's not about determination. It's not about what you think that you can do or not do. It's not what it's about. It's about God's method. Good discipline is about God's method for getting us rooted and grounded so that we can see God do some amazing things so that we can watch God work in our life, so that we can be overflowing with gratitude, so that we can have the fullness of God in us. That's what he wants to do. And so where it starts for us and what Paul was looking for when he was gonna show up to them, he said this, I'm looking for, I can't wait to see your good discipline. And here's what happens That when you and I start to establish good disciplines. Now, over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about. Our focus is going to be on the inner man and not the outer man. We're not going to talk about how you can have greater ability, you know, greater willpower or greater grit or greater determination. That's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how you and I need to focus in on the inner man. Why? Because that's what's eternal. The outer man is temporary. He says, I want us to focus in on the things of the good disciplines because that's my method. God says, that's my method for getting you pushed into the ground, getting you rooted and established so when the winds come, when uncertainties come, you will stand. So the next few weeks of this series, we are gonna talk about specific things of how we are rooted in Christ, things that you and I should do Again, they're not willpower stuff. They're not outer man stuff. They're inner man stuff. They're disciplines that God says, these are imperative for you to be rooted, for you to be grounded. Because if you're not, and that hurricane comes, trouble. If you're not, and those temptations keep coming, and those addictions keep coming, or those habits, wherever you want to call them, keep coming, and that ability for you to want to be better and look better, and lo- listen, all, no, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But if, if we don't get rooted, if we don't get grounded, if we don't have the foundation of our faith, we are in trouble. And what will happen is this. Here's what will happen. You will not have to will yourself to be loving. You won't have to will yourself, willpower yourself to be kind or good or gracious or have self-control or to be patient or to have joy. You won't have to will yourself to do that. You know how sometimes we feel like, and we talked a little bit about this last week, that sometimes you have to flip the switch to be loving or flip the switch to be patient. Oh, I wish I had more patience. I wish I had more joy. I wish I had more love. I wish I had more kindness. I don't know how many times... We hear that, I I say that, I hear you say that. Listen, you no longer have to will yourself to do that. It will just be who you are. Does that make sense? It won't be about, I have to like, I need more patience. That's willpower, that's grit. I need more joy, that's willpower, that's no grit. It will just be when you and I are rooted and established and grounded, just be who we are. That you will be love, that you will be kind, that you will be patient. It will be natural because that's ultimately what we're supposed to be. It is far above, and beyond all that we could ask or think. That's what the power that works within, it, within us wants to do for you and for me. It will make you be somebody that you just are, not be somebody who is continually striving and grinding and determining to be something that you're just not yet. So we all, don't we, need to be more rooted, grounded we're going to focus in on the inner man. Why? So that we can see God work more. So that we can be renewed every single day. So that we can be grounded in his love. So that we can be filled up to the fullness of God. So that we can be overflowing with gratitude. That's why. So I hope you come back over the next couple weeks with us, a few weeks with us as we talk about what does it mean to be rooted and we talk about these things of what it means to be grounded and I talk about these good, what he calls these good disciplines. Paul says, I'm I looking forward to seeing these good disciplines and the results of those good disciplines. So we're going to talk about some disciplines. Another way to describe them are spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines, that's another way to describe it. But man, oh man, is how important. Don't you want to see God do far more above and beyond? Don't you want to see that? Come on, everybody. Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to be overflowing with gratitude? Who wants to be overflowing with gratitude? Absolutely. I mean, don't you want to have the fullness of God, to be filled with the fullness of God? Who wants to be filled with the fullness of God? I want to be filled with the fullness of God. That's what I hope that you want to because man alive is it, it is amazing the way to live. And don't you want to just be loving and not have to flip a switch? Don't you want to just be patient because that's who you are and not just try to have more patience? I just need more patience. I need more. I, oh, I just gotta work at it. Willpower, willpower, willpower. It's not willpower. Willpower will fail you and you'll get tired from it, and then it will just empower you the thing that you're trying to prevent. Make sense? Okay. So this was just set the table for those of us that are here and didn't go on vacation. So next week and the next few weeks after this, we're gonna get into the specifics of what it means to be have good discipline, be rooted and grounded. So when Hurricane Harvey comes into your life, you're like that big oak that stood, said, Bring it on. I've been nourished for a thousand years. I have stability because my roots are deep. You need it. You need it. Lord, um, thanks for the day. Thanks for each one here. God, thanks for the ability that you have given us, not in and of ourselves, not because of our ability, not because of our strength, but because of yours that you've placed within us, those that put their faith and hope in Jesus, you've placed within us the power of your spirit to renew every single day the inner person, the inner man that is eternal, not the outer man that is decaying, that is just temporary. And God, you want to do far more abundantly and beyond all that we can ask and all that we we can think according to the power that works within us, according to your power that you've given to those that put their faith in you, so that we can experience the overflowing of gratitude in this life, so that we can experience the to be filled with the fullness of you in this life so that we can know what it means to have victory over the things that come our way and the temptations that we have, the addictions that we face, the habits that we face, the things that we want to prevent. We can have victory over those things. If we continue to live within our willpower, we'll never win. We'll always lose. So we need to rely on something better we need to rely on something stronger. And for that to happen, we need to be rooted. Rooted through the nourishment that comes from you and stability that comes from you. And you only. I pray, Lord, that you bring everybody back next week as we begin to really dive in and go deeper into our faith with you. Because we want to be people who are just loving are just kind and gracious and patient good and have self-control that's just who we are not that we have to work at it but it's just who we are bless each one here give them a great weekend day off tomorrow in jesus name amen god bless you